Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. This is the Pantry Podcast, Season 5, Unnaturally Flourished. We're picking up where Season 4 left off, looking at God's unusual, amazing, and miraculous methods of elevating, relocating, and redeeming us into His purpose. In ways the world just doesn't understand. Yes. Thanks to the Spark Collective, Eternity Ready Radio, War Cry Network, and the Christian Podcasters Association for helping the pantry reach over 35 countries. Visit thepantrypodcast.com for extras, show notes, and faith-based teas that support the show. And sign up for our monthly newsletter for sneak peeks into upcoming episodes and guests and some of Shay's amazingly delicious recipes. And now, on with the episode. Hey. Hi. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Yes, it is. It is a good one. Um, I'm always excited when we can bring people on who just love the Lord. And yeah. today I think we have that guest. Yeah, we have someone that's total fire today. Yes, absolutely. You know, when we think of of how our relationship is, how we come into this, we think of this um this family. You know, I'm gonna kind of paraphrase some verses here together, just just but you know, in the show notes they'll be there. I'll pass them on. But uh, you know, when we receive him and believe in him, we become a child of God. It's it's really a beautiful opportunity for us to do good to others. Um, especially to those who are with our own household, our own faith. Um when, when they suffer, we suffer with them. When they are honored, we, you know, we boost them up and we, you know, we really rejoice with them. And I think it's really important to understand, though, that we are all one body in Christ. Um, and that is where this really has to be dialed in and really thought, thought of. And we are individual members of one another. There's no divisions. There is no, no separation when we're in this body of Christ. Um, through this faith, we've been baptized in God's spirit. Um, we're neither Jew nor Gentile, right? Slave nor free nor is there male or female, you are all one with Jesus Christ. And I think that's where we're going to come into this episode and introduce our guest. Yeah, this episode's super cool because like on that note, I think a lot of people don't always think of the younger generations instantly when they think about the body of Christ. But I've heard stories of people, and I believe them, that they came to Christ when they were, you know, four, five, six, when they were teenagers. And as soon as you accept Christ, you're in the body of Christ. And so today we have someone amazing as usual. Uh, God's faithful like that. But Brian's big with Gen Z. And that's a generation that a lot of people still forget to talk about. Millennials are still kind of lumped in with Gen Z all of the time, although very different. Um, And that's a big deal because this this generation is thirsty for Jesus in the midst of global uncertainty, chaos. Like we never know what's up or down in this world. He's the founder of One Voice Student Missions and is a former atheist who heard and took God up on a challenge after he came to Christ. He's going to tell us about that today. His faithfulness is catching, and the footprints of his work can be found in high schools across the country and in youth internationally, thanks to places like Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. God uses it all. So welcome, Brian Barcelona. It's awesome to have you. Yeah, bro. It's nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, I, 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 I'm listening to that bio and I'm just like, wow, you know, it's, it's like, so let's just start there. I think we're going to start there. You know, yeah. we got that, that, um, one voice, right. But there was something before that it was the atheism. And so I think, you know, to just show a little bit of that, because I think some people out there do question who God is. And so I would like to kind of see that dissected, you know, how you came around that. Yeah. I, it's so funny. Every time I hear bios, uh, read of me, I always think, man, it sounds like a really cool guy. I'd love to meet that person. Um, <laughs> But you always make me sound cooler than I really am. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got saved at 16 years old. I was an atheist and um guy invited me to church. And he said, if you come to church with me, I'll buy you a smoothie. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I always joke around and I said, man, I'm Hispanic. I'll take anything for free. <laughs> so, uh, I, I headed over to, to his church with him. And that night I got radically saved. And uh, I think for me, what was so life changing 
um, was I could remember moments of seeds getting planted in, in my life throughout my life. Um, I remember one of the biggest uh, memories I have right before I accepted Christ to truly, to truly choose to follow him um, was that my grandma had been very instrumental to my life. I'm not saying that her message was the most grace filled, uh, but it definitely was um, definitely was one that I remember. And so uh, my grandma prayed for me. My grandma was one of those crazy grandmas that put oil on everything and prayed in, in, in tongues. And she was just, she was, she was a wild grandma, but man, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here today. Amen. Yeah. I, uh, I was reading a little bit of your story and saw that uh, once again, there's this common theme I've noticed grandmas, like so many people we've talked <laughs> right. to, it wasn't their parents, it was their grandmas. And we're talking about generations today, you know, like Gen Z. And I'm not saying that as parents, we all just like, we drop. <laughs> but I do think that the, whatever generation is young, like they're so used to listening to their parents, they're looking elsewhere. And so they don't yet look at their parents like super wise. Um, we look at our grandparents sometimes like, okay, they're like grandmother Willow. Like I'll, I'll hear from them. Um, and then there's also the people in social media and for better, for worse. And I think it's cool that someone who is giving a lot of cred to grandma is now one of those voices that is for Gen Z. What a lot of parents are probably racking their brains right now. Like, how do I reach my kid with the Lord? Cause some like legit love the Lord. It's just because you're their parents. There's that added yeah. lack yeah. of cred. Yeah. I, I would also say, I think to the, the common problem I've witnessed over a decade of reaching youth is you got parents that um, instill no God in their children until their children are smoking weed, having mm. sex, doing mm. drugs. Then they want to stick them in a youth group uh, oh. for, you know, for a couple months and right. hope that youth pastor could fix them. Yeah. Um, uh, so, when you so look youth at group. the, you know, when you look at the Islamic faith, you'll never hear anything such as a youth pastor because fathers instruct there. I'm not saying that anything they're teaching is, is correct, but fathers instruct their children. And right. I think that that's, I, I don't know what year it was that youth pastors were introduced in America, but the youth pastor position was created because fathers weren't doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, man, I, I think that again, the, that my grandma uh, my grandpa's not a believer, believe it or not. My grandpa's not a believer. My grandma has stood in the faith for a long time. Um, and though it's kind of skipped my dad's generation, I believe that in many ways, God honors my grandma's life through my life. It's almost like the promises um, of what she was promised is being so fulfilled out now in my generation. And even more in my in my children as they've grown up. You know, my daughters have both been to stadiums and places I've preached. My daughters have been to Germany, England, Asia. They've traveled different nations with their parents and just witnessed God move in powerful ways. Yeah, I think that that's a beautiful testimony to just the faithfulness of those prayers. Because I know Shay has that same similar story his grandma was praying oh my grandma was down on her knees probably (laughs) supine laying on the floor rolling around (laughs) rolling around in the oil i don't know i don't know but i know that there's a lot of prayer and then and then later on as as my parents came on board there's a lot of prayer and i think that that is a a good focal point and and you're right i think that sometimes we as parents or as i've seen you know now our daughter same thing i I know better you know i i i i kind of know better i think that was we're here like i know better uh (laughs) And it's like you raise them up in the Lord and, and, and you make the house that that comfortable place, that place that shows grace, that place that shows love, that place that shows mercy. But for those other parents, you know, that are out there, it's like, don't don't but don't be discouraged by by what we're saying, but get out there, but start it. But don't turn them over. Turn your life over. 
See, I think that like they need to turn their lives over. They want to pass everything off. And I see that a lot. It's like, let me just pass them to the youth minister, youth pastor, or, or you know, and that becomes like the program. And it's like, yo, that's not how this works. Yeah. yeah. We kind of use a band-aid approach in our culture. Like, you know, what's the quickest fix? And it spoke to me when you said that he or that a lot of parents just pass their kids off like for a quick fix, you know, like, please, like, oops, I realized because of these manifestations that like drop the ball. Yeah. But I love what you said that it's the dads. And it makes me think of one pastor I listened to that his, his eldest son never attended youth group as a primary thing. He always sat in on his dad's first sermon of the day um, and listened to his dad preach from like the time he was born until now, you know, I think he's 16, 17 now. And he would go to youth group to like connect with some of the other kids but I heard that before we were parents and I was like, Kalia's going to hear sermons before she's 18 years old. You know, she's not going to hear everything super distilled down or, and that's it. She's going to see, hear what we're hearing. So we're all kind of on the same page in our house. Yeah. So, so, how, so how does one voice like, okay. So on that note, like, you know, we talk about the youth pastor. Well then, you know, we have your, your group one voice, you know, we founded it. And so where does that play a role? How does that kind of maybe bring the, the family unit together? Yeah, I think when you when you think of a family, the heart of every family is your children. And I think when you could see young people get breakthrough in their life, it naturally affects the, the children. I remember I was in a school years, this is years ago, oh, probably 10, uh, maybe nine or 10 years ago. And uh, one of these kids that got saved, his name was Kellen. He was number four on the varsity football team, very popular kid. Um, this was a Bible club that I was a part of, uh, preached there every week. It was about 600 kids a week. Um, and this kid gets saved, he gets healed. And I go to his game that next week and I'm in the stands just watching the game. And this, this older African-American woman comes up to me and she says, Hey, um, I've, I've heard about you. And I said, Oh, hi, hi, who are you? And she goes, um, I'm Kellen's mom. She says, number four, she goes, I just want to thank you. She goes, I've been praying for salvation for my son for many years. Mm. And you were the one to lead him to Christ. And so I've always recognized that my role is simply to reap something that I never sowed. I think that's when you think of Gen Z. I mean, we, last month we hit 4.5 million views of, on gospel content from one voice in Jesus clubs. And when you look at that, you wonder, how is that possible? It's possible because the prayers of so many parents, I mean, it almost feels, unfair. my job feels so unfair at times because I literally ride the waves of what people have sown decades before me. I think you're only able to tap into that, though, when you honor previous generations. When you honor previous generations, it unlocks a whole well of blessings uh, that I think if, if people would just learn, Bible's true, you honor your mother and father, you will live a long life. I believe that is also true for spiritual mothers and fathers, fathers and, and mothers in the faith. They may have very different styles than we do. Uh, my grandma will get the maracas and the tambourine in her small Hispanic Pentecostal church. I will probably never do that. Um, but it doesn't mean I can't honor um, those things that have gone before. I would definitely have the maracas. <laughs> no, I'm also in the music. I'm also whatever, but no, it's like, God, ah, I'm that. Yeah. I'm, I, I just love that fire though. I, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of the planting of seeds and, and giving back. I know between us, there's like 18 and a half years difference. And, yeah. and I've learned a lot. See, I never want to become that, that older person that just forgets, <laughs> you know, and, and forgets that like, you know what, we still need to dial into the younger generations. You know, we need to, 
Um, I don't know where it's at in the Bible off the top of my head, but I remember that God is sitting there saying, if we don't pass this on through the generations, right, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be forgotten. Um, and, and we don't want that. We want to just keep instilling and keep watering and keep planting into young people. Um, and all the way on up, I mean, Hey, but I think sometimes we look at the children and they get overlooked a little. Sometimes it's like follow along and we're not investing time or we don't know how, like, I'll be honest. Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, uh, what? TikTok? Hold up. And I, and I just saw a video too. I, I don't know how long ago it was. And you're telling, actually, I think you were with, I can't remember if it's Jeremy Riddle or somebody else, but you're sitting there going, yeah, I'm just figuring out this TikTok thing. <laughs> and, and it was like, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's where I'm at now though. I'm like, okay, but we have people to reach. We have generations to reach. You know, why do on our podcast, you know, we focus on not just one area of, of, of humanity or people, you know, it's like we focus on all of them, a good reason for you to be here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so on that, it's like, how would we reach out? You know, when we're looking at Gen Z, what are some of the things they connect to? What are some of the things that they they understand that maybe we could get a little insight, you know, to help us when we get into those conversations you know, with them? I think authenticity. Uh, and I think this generation is it's man, I have learned so much from watching 17 year olds create content. And I I mean, the guys who trained me were two 17 year olds. <laughs> and it was humbling because I mean, I spoke in conferences for years. I've spoken in stadiums. I I've been, I've been able to become friends with a lot of people that are legends in the faith. And here I'm, I'm getting trained up by two 17 year olds because I just so desperately want to reach this generation. Right. And uh, you know, this is actually super interesting. I, I watched this brief parts of a documentary with my wife last night of the fastest growing church in the world, which is in Iran. And it's led by women. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, they said something that has, I haven't even fully processed it, but it is, it is, it has really wrecked my theology and what I think now they said that in America, we have things backwards and how we, we go out, we win a soul. And then we try to teach them on, on, on following Christ when um, that actually wasn't the model of Jesus. Um, the disciples and the 72, yeah, if you scripture's true, which it is, they actually weren't saved when Jesus sent them out to do the works um, because Jesus hadn't died yet. Yeah, it didn't rose from the grave. There was no pardon of sin. Yet they were outperforming miracles, preaching, healing the sick. I mean, it was crazy when you it messes with your theology because you all of a sudden realize that uh, you know it's, we are to train people in the ways of following Christ and then give them that invitation. I mean, sometimes we treat salvation like a blind date with people. And the, I mean, I mean you, you have never gotten married for the first time you ever heard of someone's name. Uh, and, I, and I think this is where you see people struggle and they fall away. And I ran, they actually do the opposite. They train people in obeying the word of God and trusting the word of God. And then they invite them into receiving Christ as their personal Lord and savior. And you even see that in scripture. I mean, when the 72 uh, came back, what did Jesus tell them? Jesus told them, uh, uh, you know, they're all excited. They're like, man, I casted out demons in your name. And Jesus says, well, don't rejoice that you've casted out demons in my name, but that your name is found in the Lamb's book of life. Why did he say that? Because they had yet to experience the saving grace of Jesus and the price he paid on the cross. Yet they were doing all these crazy things. And another scripture, that's why he'll say many, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, have I not done these things? Our work in ministry does ne- never validates our Christianity. The fact that God can heal someone through your life, touch someone through your life. Uh, you can raise the dead. You can do all types of miracles. It doesn't validify your salvation. And when you look at Gen Z, that is what I'm seeing. We, these platforms are simply teaching them 
about Jesus. And then they are making conscious decisions, knowing what they're going to follow versus an emotional decision that's rallied up because the piano player got on the keyboard and the dim, the lights were dimmed just right. I mean, come on, if we're real honest, that's been most of our techniques for many, many years. Right. And we have a lot of raised hands and such few disciples and the times that we are entering I've been, I'm going on record everywhere. I'm doing a podcast saying this. I believe we are entering the beginning stages of persecution in America. We have entered a decade that is going to be remembered forever. And it's a decade where our faith is going to be greatly tested. But what breaks apathy in believers, it's persecution. And I think we are well overdue for our faith to be hard pressed, um, that it will really produce something that at the end of our lives uh, will actually really stand as Christians if we make it. Right, you're definitely on the right podcast. <laughs> Amen. No, like <laughs> because, me, like, yes. I, I, I would have said, you know, I, I've been called a fatalist. I've been called a defeatist. Yeah, I've been called all of these things because I sit there and I go, look, we're we're pointing to a, a time of revelation. We're pointing to a time of Second Timothy three uh, twelve and thirteen, where it says it's going to get worse. It's going to be worse, and the Christians that are going to have to stand up are going to be the bold Christians, the Christians that have dug in, who know the Lord, who have a relationship with the Lord, who trust the Lord, who know that in persecution He is going to cover them. It, it, we rely on the world. We give up our our. Um, security for, for safety. And, and really that, that, that in itself has to be, I like what he's saying. You know, I've I've sat here and I'm, I'm digesting now what you're saying too, because in reality, um, you'll go on the street sometimes and, and Hey, you know, you talk about Jesus, you said, you know, the receiving part and they receive Jesus. And I've always had a a struggle with this sometimes. And they, sometimes, yeah, yeah, fine. I'll receive Jesus Mm -hmm. to get rid of you. Right. And it's like, hold up, hold up. Hold up. And so then comes in that question. It's like, well, you, okay. So then the whole, you can lose your salvation thing went out the door. And then now it's that whole, well, either they did or they didn't. And see, that creates that, that middle ground where it's like, well, are they, or aren't they? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so hold up. If we were to disciple them, if we were to bring them upright, if we were to show them who Jesus is through our own actions, Mm -hmm. then we would be that example of Christ. And they would see that and they'd say, that's, that is what I want to achieve. I want to, I want to be in that. I want to have that joy. I want to have that peace. I want to have that comfort. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last season we interviewed Ken Ham and for his new book, he brought up one thing that he had in one of his chapters was, you know, it only takes one generation to not pass on the knowledge of Christ for an entire civilization to crumble and turn into just nothing. And he and he cited several historical examples where, you know, we started out, everybody had knowledge, like God given knowledge, like the ark was built. There was technology. And then to fast forward several centuries and you're looking at people around the globe um, that that didn't live in any way to model this knowledge. And so it's this idea that God has the answer to everything and he is the keeper of this knowledge. And it is so important for us to not just pass on this quick prayer and invitation that, you know, I think what you've been saying is just blowing up in my mind too, but it's so important for us to not just settle like, okay, if I have some Bible books in the house, some Bible based books in the house, if, if the kids watch Veggie Tales, you know, if, if we go to church on Sunday, then they'll come along. It's, it's a way of life. And I think that in America, you're absolutely right. We've been talking about how actually this whole time of injustice and unrest and pandemic is actually an answered prayer that no one wants to admit because there's pain, but we're very comfy in America. And it, and we're also the ones that pump out the most content in the entire world. And so our Christians are pumping out the content and God's like, but you're too comfy. 
by choice, you know, like, and, and so when I think that it's amazing, the kind of content that you, that you pump out. Um, and I'm curious, like what, I think we always talk about what makes Gen Z different. Um, people did that with millennials. They do it with the boomer. They do it with everybody. What makes Gen Z relatable? Cause I think a lot of people are like, okay, they're so different. But like, I think what you said about authenticity, like what makes them relatable? Like that people just think they're so alien, but you found is just a common thread. They have no limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to someone on, I did a podcast yesterday in England and the guy was saying how a lot of people, you know, in England will say, you know, I, you know, I had conversations when I was young with people. I wasn't on a phone and well, I, you know, I wasn't stuck on a video game all day. I went played outside and rode my bike. And that's true. There are blessings of that generation. But what I reminded that guy was, yeah, you also weren't able to get the gospel to 4.5 million people in 28 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lack of technology that your generation had actually be, was a hindrance. I feel like the, the, uh, the limits have been blown off of, of Gen Z. Um, I think the, uh, you know, this generation has been the only generation that I could think of that's gone through something like what we're going through in this type of way of governmental lockdowns. Maybe it's happened before. I know I've seen some memes of whatever, but I'm pretty sure there might've been something maybe similar, but not like it is right now. I mean, we're seeing the greatest political, uh, you know, war in American history. You're seeing the highest office in our nation just disrespected regardless of who's in office. I hear mm-hmm. this Gen Z is being molded in pandemics. It's being molded in cancel culture. It's being molded in persecution and it's going to be probably one of the greatest generations. There is no participation awards like the millennials. There's no, mm-hmm. it's very different. Um, they are going to value relationship with people like no other generation because they've been separated from everybody in their homes. Um, I mean, you pretty, we're all guilty of this. We're in dinner tables, just on our phones. I believe that next gen is it's 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 going to be different, and I think that there's just a boldness they have. I mean, I'm I'm watching on right now on TikTok. There are thousands of kids that started reading the Book of Luke for 24 days. Mm. Thousands of them. Thousands and thousands and thousands. No pastors leading it. No denominations leading it. They decided we're going to do it. They shared it with their friends and and they do it. And I think why that's so intimidating is uh, you can't control it. (laughs) I think it's so difficult for a lot. You know, I I love uh, the fact, the only thing I've enjoyed of this season is COVID has, was the great equalizer to every ministry. Mega churches don't exist anymore. There is no big pastor on top and no big bishop. You have the guy who's been faithful in his room for 20 years who has 10,000 a week on a TikTok, on a TikTok church. It's it's the great equalizer. It it, it leveled everything out and gave, it gave the ability for the famous not to have the opportunity, but the faithful. Right. And I I think that's, that. that to me is just what's so unique about the times we're living in. It has definitely crushed denomination. I was talking to somebody earlier today, uh, a pastor that we know, and uh, we're sitting there talking and it's like, what came out of this for us? Now we got into pod, uh, podcasting. Of course we had planned it. And then of course it gets bumped up because of COVID. We're like, Hey, let's get this message out. Right. But when we get into these podcast groups, when we get into these groups of people and we're having conversation, the first thing out of your mouth isn't what church you go to, what's your denomination? No, we're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talking about how good he is. You know, it's like this faithful is coming together. Exactly what, like what you're saying these kids are doing. And to, for me to hear that, 
is so encouraging to hear that the kids are coming together, that the younger generations are coming together in the word of God. You're right. The disciples, man, they were learning, but see, they were, they were, they were also feeding while they learned. And and see, I think that you're uh, again, right. In the idea that church culture in America, right. Became a feeding ground. I just want to eat, eat, Mm -hmm. eat, eat, eat more, eat more. And, and we forgot that we need to be turning this around and, 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 and giving this outwardly. Um, you know, it says, it says, feed the poor, feed the, you know, the yeah. widow, take care of the widows. And, and so it's like, here I am in this position here and you say this and I'm like, it's kind of a beautiful, I mean, granted the loss, granted the, everything that happened back in, in 2020, but we've, we've got somewhere as far as getting people dialed into the real word of God. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't know, I'm just looking at everything and thinking, man, would, would half of these kids ever rose up? Or how would half of these kids ever have the opportunity to rise up mm-hmm. under some of the, the church structures that we built that puts a million hoops for someone to jump through to even preach. Right. And I understand there needs to be character and there needs to be integrity, but man, I mean, how do you expect a 17 year old to have integrity of a 50 year old? I mean, I just, right. Right. I just, when I, when I look at the guys, Jesus called, it, they just weren't as polished as we would have probably wanted them to be. Um, and I, again, I'm not justifying do whatever you want at all. These kids are going after God, but in the end of the day, they're, they're kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I think God was so zealous for this generation to reach this generation. I like that. That's Z zealous. <laughs> yes. Like he, look at the, the act of love and people might, like, it might take him a second to, to see, but like, look at the act of love. Like he stopped the way the world worked for this generation because he loved them that much and knew that might be what it took, but that they were worth it. And that's what he's done. And it's not just for them. It's for, it's for his body. It's for his people. We've been talking about the, like the, the question of, of reaching people. And one thing that I used to feel so guilty for when I wasn't doing it was the street evangelism, because I think for so long in our country, that's been what evangelism is like everything. It's like either you're in an auditorium or you're on the street evangelizing. And otherwise it's like, well, you know, you're, you're just kind of wasting your time. Um, and podcasting opened my eyes to all the people that are on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and podcasts and writing books, be- not because they want to sell millions of copies, but because they're like, there's a hundred people that are going to read this book and be touched by the Lord for it. You know, and people doing this work because they can, because of technology. And it's like, we have to redefine a lot of these things that have been traditionally structured. The old definition isn't wrong, but it's been expanded. And I love hearing these kids doing it because they're... They're young, but they have the spirit. And Peter said a lot of dumb things. And then he had the spirit fill him. And in front of all these people, he just started rolling out with like revelation. And it's because God loves to speak to us that like speak through us that way. Like, look at this person. Like it wasn't you. It was clearly me. And that's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm excited to see what what these kids do, because it's important. It's important to learn from them um, when they speak the word truthfully as much as it is to for that established and not even what they do what they're gonna do what they're doing now it's like because right, like we right don't know now. the dare time so it's like man they, they this this flood could just be you know this this huge harvest and and man I, i've loved the harvest um I, I think that there's still revivals that are that are taking place and that's exciting to me it's mm-hmm. exciting to see the spirit move yeah yeah so true you've inspired us a ton and made us think a ton today yeah. Uh, and I know you have a book and that's, that's cool. People should check that out, man. Um, yes. I really take it personal on that sense of like heaven or hell, you know, it's like the soul's got one or two places to go. And, and I'm so 
broken to know that there are people before me that haven't made it to heaven and that there's going to be people behind me that don't make it to heaven. And so to see someone that is that hungry for a generation that can connect to a generation, you know, we need to be out there connecting to these generations. That's what we're all different for. That's what God brought us all. He made us unique. He gave us different talents. You'll reach the Z. I don't know if I'll ever reach the Z. You know what I'm saying? You reach the Z. I, what I do. Our I'm just saying though. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to define this here. No, <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you know what I'm saying? We all have that thing. And, and right. it's just exciting to see people who are, who are walking and, and, and really, really sharing Christ to others. Yeah. Um, Francis Chan says this quote. He says that the scariest thing we could do is succeed at things that don't matter. Mm. And my life has greatly reset. I mean, I traveled so much. I, I missed my second child's, a lot of her life because I was on planes and and my third kid came during quarantine. I think I've maybe missed a day or two out of his life since he's been here. And I just, I think the ambition of having to grow a ministry has just died for me. I, I don't really care much for that anymore. I mean, I do what I do because I just love God and I love people mm-hmm. and I have a, a mission, um, but it isn't who I am. I think who I am is when I shut this computer off and I go with my wife and I go with my kids, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would encourage you, like, I really believe the, we were, we were so trained for so many years to, to only care for what people see in revelations. One of the churches that gets rebuked, uh, God says to them, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. And I believe that speaks to a lot of people. Um, you're not your Instagram social media post. You're not your, your TikTok videos. You're not your best picture that you can filter. That's just not who you are. And if you start believing that that's who you are, you're on a very quick road to destruction. You know, and again, just don't allow ministry to validify your salvation and feel like I'm, I must be good with God because he continues to use my life. Um, man, God uses the donkey. Um, and if you don't cry out, the rocks will. I mean, the fact that a rock and a donkey could easily replace you shows you how much God needs you. He doesn't need you as much as you think he does. Uh, it's your honor to serve him and follow him and give him your allegiance. So I just encourage people, don't, don't, with, with the great, with the great reset of 2020 in your lives, like don't try to get your old life back. Um, just embrace what you have now and keep going forward. Amen. 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 Hey, it's been a pleasure. Uh, having on the show. I've, I've yes. really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah I'm, uh, that's me. No, look, we're friends now. You, <laughs> you're stuck with us. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> we're building up a lot of friends in Texas. So that I don't know what that means, but it means a trip to Texas, I guess. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you for being here. And for everybody listening, you need to connect with Brian on a social handle if you haven't purged that out of your life. Um, but we're going to have in the show notes, we're going to have um, a link to his book as well as all of his different handles. You're, as always, you can connect with us there and we will see you next time.